brought to you by the power of the internet and fueled by imagination. This is Game Night Heroes. We toss dice and tell stories. The deeds of heroes await and legends dare to be heard. This is Game Night Heroes. Hello and welcome back to the Game Night Heroes. We are the Game Night Heroes, and you can be too. We are kicking off Horror Month, and we are diving into an exciting new game, a special two-part series. Today we are playing Inspectors, a game about supernatural investigation and elimination. The game is a more comedic outlook into the world of supernatural hunters, and we're going to tell you a story tonight with that in mind. You, of course, know me as Kevin, the host of the Game Night Heroes. I, tonight, am diving back into the GM seat and will be serving as the narrator for this specific game. Let's take a moment before we do that to let you all know who my favorite players are. Take it away, guys. I'm Colleen. Um, I would take mountains over oceans. Interesting. Okay, and like in what regard? Like, like you know how they say which you prefer, mountains or oceans? I'd prefer my backdrop to be mountains. Oh, okay. I see. All right, that makes sense. Okay, that fits. And Colleen, let's take a moment. What is your favorite scary movie? I don't know. Uh, my least favorite scary movie is The Ring. Oh, now why is it your least favorite? Because it creeps you out too much? Because I watched it as a child and it terrified me for years. Uh-huh. <laughs> that makes some sense. That movie's pretty scary. Now, we're talking about The Ring? Or we're talking about Ringu? We're talking about the Japanese? The Ring. Like the Ring. Samara okay. climbing up the well out of the television. The Ring. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm freaking out. I was terrified right. for years. Well, spoiler alert. Dude, it came out like 20-something years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen it now. You ain't seeing it, you know? <laughs> Rob, you wouldn't like it. <laughs> spooky stuff, spooky stuff. I agree. That's creepiness. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Rob, and I really don't like scary movies. <laughs> That's true. Why don't you like scary movies specifically? Uh, I don't know. They they just freak me out. <laughs> okay. I, I I feel like when I if I when I go to a movie, like I prefer comedy stuff because. I feel like it's more entertaining for me. It gives me a laugh, so I feel like I get more joy out of it. I don't really get joy out of being scared. I mean, I I get that for some people that they enjoy that, and I, I don't get that. That everyone to each their own, I guess. So you want your kicks from laughing instead of screaming. Correct. That's yes, what she yes. said. Okay, so <laughs> who's next? I'm Aaron. I I like the dopamine because it makes you sleepy. Yes. Yes, and I like to sleep. Now, when you're not sleeping, what's your favorite scary movie? Oh, scary movie time. Um, yeah. Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. That oh, I think there's something going on there. I think so, too. You know who you are. <laughs> and, of course, last but not least, who else is playing with us? I'm Brittany, and I enjoy some scary movies. I like the the slashers. I like Freddy and Jason and Michael Myers and Hellraiser and those guys. I don't care for possession or um, like 
haunted houses per se with some of the ones that they have nowadays. They freak right. me out a little. <laughs> that makes sense. So could you pick one specifically that you have your, your finger on or no? Um, I mean, I'd probably have to go with like Nightmare on Elm Street. Like it's a classic. Oh, classic. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Freddy Krueger scared the living bejesus out of me when I was a child. So, you know, now, of course, it's silly, but, uh, you know, it's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> As said, I am Kevin. My favorite scary movie is actually I'm like Rob. I don't really typically watch scary movies, but if I have to, I would say that I really dig Silence of the Lambs. Oh, that's a good one. You guys didn't know I was going there. But anyway, scary or not, tonight we are telling a story that is going to have a little bit of a comedic bent, as Inspectors is a Ghostbusters-inspired romp through the world of supernatural hunting. Tonight, our four hapless souls will be inhabited by our players, who will investigate something rather creepy and sinister that goes bump in the night while they're trying to earn a few bucks. So, let's go ahead and take a moment to get spooky with Inspectors. Specifically before we begin, let me go ahead and give you a quick primer about Inspectors so we all can be on the same page. In the game Inspectors, our four players are going to take on the roles of paranormal investigators in a comedy-based setting in which they are trying to solve a case with supernatural overtones. To do this, they are each going to take on one of four major roles within the group, as will be determined as we play. They have four basic skills and abilities that they have that they can interact with the world with. Academics, Athletics, Technology, and Contacts, all ranging on a score of 1 to 4, with 1 being okay and 4 being outstanding. They will roll a number of D6s or six-sided dice during the game, for the numbers that they have in those specific skills as they come up. Their successes and failures will be determined based upon how high they roll on the highest number on the collection of dice. For example, they roll four dice, they get a four, a six, a two, and a one, they would have earned a six. They will use that to determine how well they do in that specific area and the game will be narrated based upon their success or failure. The characters will investigate a supernatural occurrence and in doing so, they may perhaps interact with things that may be a little bit unsavory. We will have to test their cool to make sure they do not shudder or run away. To do that, we'll again roll a number of d6 based upon how terrifying it is. And the lowest number that they have on their die will determine how much they freak out. At any time during the investigation, our heroes can step away into the confessional where they can break the fourth wall and address you kind folks at home and give insight as to the going-ons of the case and what they think might be important, as well as add story elements to the game as we progress and play. The name of the game will be Fun, Loose, and Crazy Antics, but that doesn't necessarily mean that things won't get spooky. This is Horror Month, and we do intend on having a few bumps in the night as we investigate right along our inspectors. I think we have everything we need to play and to listen. Our heroes are on the case. Okay, team, let's go ahead and set the scene. 
In the world of inspectors, basically supernatural and paranormal events are on the rise. So much so that they're pretty much well documented and known about and recognized. Enough of that is an annoyance that there's a market for the removal of these creatures and objects. And your group is a startup franchise chain that is trying to fill that niche. So you are going to play the poor saps who have decided that hunting supernatural creatures is more lucrative than your typical 9 to 5 nonsense. With that being said, we have already had the players choose their roles of where they will fit in within the team. And we have decided to make it modern day with current sensibilities. One last final bit of behind-the-scenes action is that I, as the narrator for the game, have already rolled what the client specifically tailored for this case will be. Using a chart found within the core rules, we have determined that the client is a calm businessman with bizarre phenomenon inside a municipal building. Let's see how wacky and wild that can get. Everything else within this specific game will be made up on the spot using improv and creative thinking, as per the rules of the game. First things first, though, gang. You have your individual names, which we'll find out momentarily, but what is the name of your franchise? Yeah, we can just be inspectors. That's fine. That's okay. like the name of the game. I guess that'll make it easier, probably. Sure, okay. Inspectors Incorporated. Okay. So, how big do you guys feel like your franchise is? How long do you guys think you guys have been in business? A day. A day. <laughs> Brand new. Brand like new. this is the first day, or this is our second day? I get, uh, how about our first real day of... Our first case? First case ever, yeah. We've been a company for four years now, but <laughs> this is our first case. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> we all knew each other as kids. Okay. Maybe up until this point, we've been just like private eyes instead of like investigators for paranormal stuff. We've been finding people that have been like cheating on their spouses and crap because we got nothing else. Well, that was the next question I had is what did you guys do before you were inspectors? That. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Private eyes. Okay. All right. Um, one last question, then we'll dive into the game proper, and there'll be more questions and stuff as we do the initial first scene here, is what city do we want this to be based out of? Do we want to do Detroit? Do we want to do Chicago? New York? Do we want to do some weird backwater place that nobody's ever heard of? You know, how do we want to do this? How about we were... No, that would be too cheesy. We were from Kansas, and then wherever we're at, we can be like, we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> That's really not cheesy. cheesy. That's not cheesy. That's not too cheesy. That's not too cheesy for inspectors. That's the kind of stuff we roll with on this game. (laughs) We are from Backwoods, which is a county in Wyoming. So spread out county, decent number of people, but everyone's spread out from each other. Okay. All righty. Let's go ahead and tell a story. Our heroes are inspectors, fighting the forces of darkness so you don't have to. We open with four unique individuals. You're all sitting in an office building, a waiting room to be exact. The room is pretty bland, to be honest. There's a table in the middle of the room, a coffee table. 
It has some flowers on it of a nondescript color, nothing that really stands out. You all notice that this specific office building has been making you wait for a little bit of time. It's not every day that you guys have a direct interview, but today is that day. The first of you enters into an office in the back behind the receptionist, where you find a nondescript man who matches the nondescript waiting room. As he sits there, he asks you to sit, and you do. And we'll just do it right down the order here. Colleen, if you could, tell us what Lacey Jones looks like, please. Lacey Jones looks like the all-American classic girl next door, the blonde hair, the blue eyes, a little bit tall. Okay. Nice tan skin. And uh, what kind of clothing do you wear? Oh, she's very stylish. I just wanted this thing about, like, Gen Z, like, hating things millennials do, and I was about to describe something. I was like, that's a total millennial thing. Should I go <laughs> with it? Yeah, we're going to stick with it, because millennials are still cool. She's got the skinny jeans and the leather jacket. Yep, that's what she's wearing. Excellent. And the man sitting behind the desk says to you, Now, Miss Jones, uh, why exactly is it that you think that the Uptown Bank needs to give you a bank? loan to start up your business. He pushes up his glasses higher up under his nose and they immediately fall right back down to the edge of it. Well, you see, to start this new business, we need new equipment. New equipment costs money. I'm here to get a loan from you so that you can give me money to buy my equipment so I can make money and pay you back with interest. And then we all make money. All right, then. If you could... Go ahead and make me a contact roll. Lacey Jones is going to roll a number of d6s equal to her contact score. In this case, is what? Four. Ooh, Ooh. so four d6, if you could, please. Uh, my highest one was a five. Excellent. So that is what we call a good success. So you're going to go ahead and get another point of cool for being so cool. And he says, well, I, I understand that perhaps that's the best point of action at this point. Uh, how exactly do you feel like your technology is going to benefit your business? We do a quick smash cut to one of the other four individuals who was outside in the waiting room, now sitting in the chair that Lacey once occupied. Brittany, if you could, tell us what Susie Q looks like when we first see her. Uh, she's got brown straight hair that is up in like a, a half, well, like a messy bun type of thing. She's got black glasses and blue eyes and she's fair skinned and she's wearing a white button down shirt that's um, like three quarter sleeves that she's got the cuffs rolled up on and a pair of jeans and some nice shoes. And she's got a backpack with a laptop in it over her shoulder. Excellent. Excellent. I love it. Well, I mean, technology is everything these days, isn't it? I mean, we use it for our cell phones. We use computers to connect to the internet. And we have to look stuff up. All the bookkeeping and stuff, all the documents are electronic now. So, of course, we have to have computers. And we have to have phones. And we have to have all that internet and ethernet cables and stuff. And we have to have our routers, everything set up. So we have to have all this in order to be successful in our business, in order to be able to, to pay you back and to also just bring in new business, of course. Fantastic. I love it. If you could, go ahead and make me a technology roll, please. Saving as before, rolling 4d6. I'm going to try rolling real dice. Okay, go ahead. All right, so I got to take my highest one. Yes, indeed. Which is a five. Okay, 
you also have a good success. You're going to gain one cool. This means this goes pretty well for your technology role. It helps determine what kind of technology and what kind of funding you might get from this little loan application you guys are going through right now. So that's pretty good. I like that. I'm making a note. Well, I think everything seems to be in order here, Miss Kill. I do believe that your business is going to really benefit from the things that you speak about. Um, I personally, I don't even own a laptop. I... Uh, do uh, abacuses, do they still count for things that we want to have to d do our math scores on? Um, only if you want to take a while. <laughs> he does not laugh, even though you do. <laughs> well, um, if you could, though, if you could explain to me what exactly this uh, detail is here on your paperwork. It says that, um, and I'm quoting here, that you had a, quite a bit of some business expenses last year for your startup in terms of property damage and other nefarious things. Third member of our group is quite different than the ladies that we have seen previously. Rob, what does Willie make it look like when we see him sitting in the same chair answering this gentleman's question? He doesn't look like he fits in the chair, for one. His legs are basically like coming out the sides of the arms. He's very, very large in stature, probably, say, probably like six, 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 seven, probably 400 pounds. Big dude, but like mostly muscle kind of thing. He's got, got like a big leather jacket on. He's got a t-shirt underneath and then like uh, blue jeans. He wears kind of like combat boots and he's got various rings on his fingers and... Yeah, I think that's it. Did did he eat the rock, or is he just like bigger <laughs> than the rock? The rock, Dwayne well, Johnson, or well, you rock? see, when Willie was born, he was actually like preemie, and they and the first thing that his dad said to the doctor, not realizing that they were asking for the name, he said, "Willie, make it." So that became Willie's name, and then they <laughs> to try to raise him in stature and get him bigger, they gave him a lot of growth hormone. Apparently too much, and it worked too well, and he grew way too big. So that's what happened. <laughs> nice. Well, sir, uh, as you see, and as Willie stands up, the chair kind of follows with him. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Uh, and he goes to push the chair off, and it just kind of falls apart. Um, well, that happens a lot, sir. Um, I think we just maybe need bigger chairs and things. Um, Maybe a bigger space, because the last one kind of broke. The loan officer gives you a very strange look, and he pushes his glasses back up that you notice they slip back down to the tip of his nose again. If you could, go ahead and make me a contact roll. Oh, dear. All right. And my contact score is a two. So you're rolling 2d6, and your highest is a? Four. Okay. That is a fair result. It's mostly positive, but you have to tell me kind of how this goes, and you give one negative or humorous effect about his reaction that he has. So I'd say that he, like, agrees to it, and then, like, just doesn't give us as much money towards it, since it's obviously my own fault. It's not like it's something business-related. It's more personal. I see. Yeah, he, he gives you a strange look, and he makes a note on the papers in front of him. You don't see what it is, but he makes the note nonetheless. 
Okay, well, I believe everything seems to be in order with that as well, he says, kind of leaning back away from you, a little bit out of uh, sorts. He's a little bit intimidated by you, it seems. Oh, uh, one last thing I need to do before we decide whether or not Uptown Bank wants to make sure that we are going to give you what you need. If you maybe could go through a five-point bullet plan about what exactly it is that your company is doing, you really haven't mentioned that to me yet. The fourth member of our group, again different than the other three we've seen, is Gilbert Finnegan. Aaron, what does Gilbert Finnegan look like? Uh, you know what? He actually kind of looks like me. And what do you look like? I'm six two, handsome as hell. I got a nice like sweater and button up with a tie underneath, so I'm like a sweater business professional, not like normal suit business professional. I'm one of those guys. Yeah, I see. So, Gilbert, what's your five-point bullet plan here for your business? Because you guys still have not told this guy what your guys' business is. All right. So I wheel out our handy-dandy portable whiteboard, and I flip it over. And boom, right there is our five-point plan. Plan one, find the ghosts. Plan two, or part two, it's all one big plan, so there can't be two plans. Plan Part two, kick the ghost out. Part three. Stop the ghost from coming back again. Part four, open up a bottle of champagne. Part five, kick our feet up. Does that explain everything? Confessional. We cut quickly away to Willie Makin sitting alone in the confessional booth. A blank and dull backdrop behind him. Uh, so hey guys, uh, yes, Gilbert's plan, part two, definitely my favorite part of the plan. 100% the best. I, I, I did have a part to play in p picking the, the name for that part. And we swing back into the office where the loan inspector sits looking at Gilbert. So if I'm led to believe here, your business proposition is for your company to uh, exercise ghosts and then have a party. Yeah, yeah, no, that's pretty much it. Ghosts and phantoms. Big difference between the two. And specters. And, and banshees. And demons, yeah, there's that. And poltergeists. I see. Gilbert, if you could, please make me a contact roll, please. Contact roll. I got a 2, 2d6. Huh, 5. Okay. You also get a point of cool. You've got a pretty good success there, so excellent. Well, I uh, I think we have a lot to think about here. We'll let you know in three to five business days. if uh, We'll call you folks when we're ready to give you a proper answer. Uh, thank you for your time today. Um, <laughs> thank you. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to have my all-turkey sandwich on white bread without any sort of condiments at all. So That's my favorite sandwich. <laughs> Sounds dry to me. It's got everything you need. Carbs, protein, carbs, protein. Uh -huh. The best of everything. <laughs> <laughs> we cut to outside where the four of you are leaving the Uptown Bank and Loans. What's your plan for the day now that you guys are done with your loan interview to perhaps get a loan for your startup company called Inspectors, Inc.? 
I mean, I think I think we got to go back to the office, right? We got to actually work. I mean, we didn't kick any ghosts yet, but I think it's probably prudent of us to just open up a champagne bottle and call call it good. So, where exactly is your guys' office? And how do you get there? It's uh, in Gilbert's basement. Well, his mother's basement. Oh, I yeah. see. <laughs> and uh, where is that at? Is that located right in, right in downtown? Is that located in the burbs? Or is that located in an apartment? What do you guys think? I feel like it would have to be like a, a loft or something like downtown or, or something. But it's got to be it's, like kind of crappy because we... It's the gr- it's, it's her, it's her garage attic. Oh, there you go. For the garage for garage band investigations. <laughs> I love that. Amazing. Gilbert's Gilbert's mother makes the best turkey and bread sandwiches. I love them so much. It's good to know. Confessional. We find Gilbert in the same drab room. It's literally just turkey and bread. Like it's not even that good. It's just a sandwich. It's not like it even has a pretzel bun. It's just a sandwich. (laughs) We cut back to our four heroes. Inspectors, how do you guys get there? Do you guys have a car, a vehicle? Do you guys walk? Do you guys run? Do you guys, what's going on with that? Do we have like a little like small car that we all cram into like a little beetle bug or something? Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. Okay. Like clowns going to the circus, you all cram into this small little vehicle, and it pit-putts along away from the Uptown Bank and Loans towards the Above the Garage apartment. It's a short drive. It takes you guys about 20 minutes to get there. And at this time of day, unfortunately, traffic was terrible. When you arrive back home, Gilbert... Your loving mother is standing there on the front steps. Well, Gilbert, are you and your friends going to have a sleepover again? It's not a sleepover, Mom. It's a business arrangement, and we got actual work to do. Oh, that's right. I forgot. You and your kids have your startup business. Well, don't let the meatloaf get cold. It's already out of the oven and cooling on the counter. Thanks, Mom. Yes, meatloaf night! I'm off to my hot yoga class. We're using goat yoga tonight. Hoo-hoo-hoo! As she bebops down the driveway and gets into her car, which is quite nicer than the one that the four of you drove to and from the bank. Have a good time, Mrs. Finnegan. We cut to you guys upstairs in the apartment above the garage. And what time of year do we want to make this, guys? We want to make this uh, this time of year, Halloween time, or we want to make this summer? What do we want? No, it's got to be Halloween, right? Like it's got to be extra creepy and spooky this time of year. I love it. Yeah. So when you guys are in the apartment outside, the trees have lost a good majority of their leaves. The last little bits of foliage that has not fallen is that reddish orange color that it is before it fully dies away there's a slight breeze outside now that the afternoon is bleeding into the night and there is a slight chill that seeps through and finds you all in the attic space above the garage 
When we cut into the room, the four of you are sitting there. I'd like to imagine that maybe perhaps Willie has a giant plate of meatloaf in front of him that he is just two or three forkfuls into already by this point. Does that sound about right? Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Love that. All right. You guys can go ahead and have a discussion about how you guys all think that went and what you want to do. Oh, man, guys. Do you think they're going to give us the loan? Of course. Why not? I don't know. We just had all those expenses from all that damage and stuff. Like, Willie, I love you, but but you got to be more careful, buddy. I, I handled it. That that guy, he wrote down good notes on there, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm pretty sure when they do those righty things with the pencil or the pen, then it, it means good stuff, right? It means something. Not necessarily good things. Oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Here. I'm going to check our email, see if we got anything. Give me one second. All right. If you could, go ahead and make a technology roll for me with a plus one die step because you're using a computer. So you're going to roll technology plus one, which for you is going to make it a full 5d6 you're going to roll. All right. My highest is a six. Whoa. Nice. Amazing. <laughs> so this is what they call a amazing result. So you're going to get two points towards your job dice i'm making a note and as you are going through the emails you do find that there is one that is directly addressed to the inspectors you notice that unlike most of the emails you guys get that are addressed to the inspectors this one spells inspectors right most time people send you emails they are inspectors with the t-o-r-s like a home inspector this one actually gets Inspector spelled right. Inspector's with a T-R-E-S for the spirits and ghosts that you all wish to hunt. You open up the email, and it briefly and curtly addresses you. Dear Inspectors, I formally request your aid. There has been a rather unfortunate incident that has occurred at my place of business, and I wish to have it investigated at once. I am willing to pay you handsomely. Although I was unable to find out your exact specifications for your employment, I am fully aware that other such businesses such as yours charge a fee that is a certain amount, and I am willing to match it accordingly. If you could, please arrive at the following address. At 9 p.m. sharp this eve, we shall discuss my business proposition. And it is signed, Mr. Easton Sinclair. Easton Sinclair. There is an address involved. The address is right next door to the bank you guys were at earlier. Oh, man. Do we have to go back into town? I mean, at least it's a paying client, right, guys? Like, look at this. Like, he wants to meet with us today, and he, like, specifically found us. He spelled our name right. Like, that never happens. Wait. That's how we're supposed to spell our name? Oh, dear. Wait. I, I've got a great idea, guys. So, because I, I feel like I kind of messed up with the guy and the writing and the pencil. What if we do this job and we complete it and we can prove to them that we can do stuff? We'll, we'll do what we're trying to do in our uh, business. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you do have a valid point. Maybe this will help us. And if we can just get a paying client, like, I mean, it shows we are you know, real <laughs> that we can do something. 
right? Yeah, for sure. Hey, maybe we can add in there to have Gilbert's mom be part of like a business expense to stay on as a as a cook. Nope, nope, not at all. Just don't even don't don't even tell her. Don't even bring her but into it. Don't even look at her. She makes the best food. Don't even say her name. She's making the food for free right now. Why would we offer to pay? I know that's terrible to say, but why would we offer to pay her if she's doing it for free currently? <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. Is Susie in charge of her finances? I feel like Susie should be in charge of the finances. She, this is very smart. <laughs> I got the QuickBooks. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think so. It would make sense the hacker tech person on the team would be in charge of all the computer stuff. Makes sense to me. Sure. I guess in all things, though, it's it's probably up to Lacey. You you're the you're our uh, president. You know what? I've got an idea, guys. Let me Google this Eastern Sinclair guy and see what we can find out about him. Yeah, see if he's rich and if he's got a big fridge. Exactly. Great idea. All right, so Susie, go ahead and roll a technology roll for me again with a plus one because you're using a computer. I got a six. <laughs> For my oh, right. I love <laughs> I got it. two I love of them, it. actually. <laughs> I love it. These uh, these job dice are racking right up. You search Easton Sinclair, and what you find really easily is a lot of results. Easton Sinclair is, well, I'll tell you what. Let's have each of you tell me something about Easton Sinclair. I will tell you that he is very rich and very powerful. So, specifically, Susie, what do you find out about him? All right, guys. So it looks like he's like in his like mid 40s and stuff and he owns his own business. He's a little reclusive, though. There isn't like a lot about his personal life. It's more just about like his business stuff and everything. So but it looks like he's pretty wealthy. Yeah, I mean, his the the lamp, the lamp, the the lamp, that's the thing. You know what I'm talking about. It's in the newspaper every single day about all of his businesses is donating everything to like charities and stuff. And the dude still has all that money. It's loaded. It's crazy. Just bonkers. It's maddening. It's wacky. (laughs) (laughs) It's all of those things. Uh, he wears glasses. It looks like. Oh, 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 I see a fridge. There's a big fridge in this picture of him. He's got a fridge. He's got tons of food, guys. Perfect. <laughs> Most people have fridges. Willie. But not one as big as his. It's the size of our business place right here. <laughs> what do you see about him, Lacey? I noticed that his relationship status said single. He'll be easy to manipulate. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, this time of day, you guys got back from the Uptown Bank and Loans about 7 o'clock because of the fact you had so much traffic. You guys had to fight. Your 20-minute drive quickly became a 45-minute drive. So you guys would have to leave pretty quickly to get back up there and uh, see what he's all about if you go to that address. I mean, we'll wait for 9 p.m., but I think we should definitely go to that address. I think we should scout it out early. We can do that. I think we should have a toast before we go. We're not eating toast for dinner. Oh. All right, let's go. Who's going to drive? I'll drive. All right, well, I'm not paying for gas this time. I, I'm totally out of money. 
I call shotgun. All right. And back into the jalopy, the four of you go and make your way back, putt-putting, back over to that section of town. This time of night, the sun has set already. It is, as we mentioned, late October, and the chill has come in with you guys. By the time you guys get closer and closer to his business, Sinclair Enterprises, the fog rolls in around all of you as well, blanketing the street with a rich, grave-like effect. You guys pull up to the building, and strangely enough, it seems that all of the buildings around it, their lights seem to be really low, or maybe even off. Painting Sinclair Industries in its own bright beacon of light, a single spotlight that shines up above and onto the front facade of the building. You guys all get out of your car and make your way up towards the front door. And as you do, the doors slowly open on their own accord. It's a bit chilling at first. And then you remember that a lot of places nowadays have motion-activated doors, and it's a lot less creepy. Uh, we need to get these. I don't think I could break them. I don't think we'll get a loan big enough to get these. Oh. I noticed the security cameras watching us in the lobby. Guys, this guy's got his own private security. I'm waving at the camera. <sighs> As you guys enter into the front lobby of the building, there is a really tall, muscular guy who comes out. He's wearing a black suit. The white shirt, dark tie. He has sunglasses on, even at night. And his head is shaved completely bald. He's got a dark hue to his skin. African-American guy. When he comes out and he sees you all standing there. I believe Mr. Sinclair would like to speak with all of you now. You can follow me over this way. And he starts walking over towards a elevator that is off to the side. I'll follow him. Hmm. As you guys follow, he doesn't have any words to say, but as you guys cross over through the lobby, you do notice something of note, that there is a large picture above the front reception desk that seems to be a beautiful vista overlooking a mountain range. And you guys step into the elevator and begin to ride up with this individual. Again, he has no words. He just rides in silence as you guys go up. And you watch the buttons on the elevator light up as you ascend. First floor, second floor, third floor, fourth floor, all the way up. All 22 floors to the top floor, the penthouse. And the elevator opens with a ding. Right this way, the man says, and he steps out of the elevator, expecting you all to follow him. I look at everybody, then step off the elevator. Yep, right behind him. Confessional. Okay. <laughs> we cut back to the drab room. So, uh, this guy with the glasses and the suit, oh, he looks really good. I really want one of these suits. Last time I tried to wear a suit, I busted out of it. kind of wonder where this guy shops. It looks almost about my size. Hmm. I wonder if I could get this suit in our deal. Yeah. We'll see what happens. And we cut back to the penthouse. You guys exit out of the elevator and you step into the penthouse proper. And as you look around, you see a very largely appointed room. It's got a lot of space in here. All of the walls seem to be windows that look out over the city. 
There is furniture in here, but it's very Spartan, very plain, a lot less impressive than you guys would be expecting from somebody who's so wealthy. And across the room, you do see with his back to you, is a man who is about six feet tall, wide-shouldered. He turns and he has a set of glasses on his face, and you all recognize him immediately from the internet search that you did before as Easton Sinclair. And as he turns to see you all, Inspectors, thank you so very much for coming at this such short notice. I understand that the four of you are rather skilled at perhaps investigating supernatural occurrences. Why, yes, yes we are. We've done it dozens of times. Confessional. We cut and we find Susie Q in the drab room. We've never done any ghost hunting or anything ever before. This is our first case. But we have to look important so we can get more money to actually afford our loan. <laughs> Love it. Here we cut back. Uh, Lacey, this might be a good time for you to interject since you're the face of the party. You might want to say something to Mr. Sinclair. We have plenty of experience between our private eye experience and our ghost hunting experience. We can handle whatever's been thrown up here. What um what have you been noticing around here? What makes you think that there's spirits or ghosts or ghouls? I never said that I believed that there were spirits or ghosts or ghouls. I simply said that there was something I believe to be supernatural that needs to be investigated about the building. Uh-huh. And you don't think supernatural could be ghosts or spirits? His face doesn't move. It just gives you that same stony look before he says, I'm not one for flights of fancy. I do not believe that there are moments that supernatural beings or creatures could perhaps exist throughout the world. I do believe that there are things that are rather strange and require investigators. I called you because, quite frankly, it was in my best interest. A focus group that we had recently stated that they would like for us to be a bit more outreaching with those of the community. I was simply wishing to throw you a bone, as your skills could be used for investigating purposes, but may or may not have anything to do with actual creepy crawlies. Confessional. Okay. Lacey is in the drab room. He's not as easy to manipulate as I thought. We cut back to the room. Well, we appreciate you allowing us to have the opportunity to show off what we have. What time of night do you normally experience this? From the security cameras and the footage that we have documented, it seems to be that every night at precisely 1... 1 a.m.? Yes. At that time, there are strange fluctuations with our security cameras. I could show you the tapes if you prefer. I'd love to see them. Of course. Will popcorn be included? Do you require popcorn as part of your payment? No, uh, no, no, yeah. no. He's... We we're going to watch a movie. I need to have popcorn. Just ignore him. Confessional. Willie here in the drab room. I assume there's like a little light thing. I'm, I'm tapping on it. I mean, come on. What kind of rich guy doesn't know that you eat popcorn when you watch a movie? Like, Do we even know this is the right guy? 
we cut back into the present, and at this point, Mr. Sinclair has crossed over to the desk that is in the room. He has opened a panel that sits on the front desk, and he's typed in a few things. There is a large view screen that lowers down from the ceiling behind all of you, right next to where you all exited out of the elevator, and it turns on. And what you all see is immediately there are four different views from security cameras. One is of the lobby, one is of the penthouse, one is of a office floor, and one is of what looks like a shipping warehouse. You all four watch the security footage for a moment, and what you see is that there is a strange blur that starts at first in the shipping receiving warehouse. It darts across the screen, almost imperceivable at first, but you all being experienced investigators notice it. The blur then darts the opposite way across the security feed. And then you see that same dark blur goes the opposite way across the camera feed, across the lobby, darting away from the front desk towards the front doors. That same dark form darts across the parking garage. And then all four of the feeds instantly go out in unison. There is a three-second pause, and then they all come back up together. And when they do, you see that there is, on the office floor level, a brief flash across the screen once again. Huh. He says, did you see that? I did. Um, how far apart are these rooms from each other? Because it's happening so fast. Like, I don't think a normal person would be able to necessarily go from your shipping receiving to your lobby to your garage and then back to the office in just a short period of time like that, right? I would certainly say not. That office floor there is the 13th floor of the building. The 13th floor, you say? Yes. Hmm. The parking garage is a subterranean level directly below the lobby. The lobby, of course, is where you all entered. And shipping receiving is located in the back of the building, directly behind the lobby. With the amount of time that is between the different shots, I do not think that anyone would be able to move that fast. Do you have cameras in your elevators, too? I would suspect that perhaps we do. Is there nothing coming up on the elevator feed, then, for somebody, like, riding up to the office or anything? To be honest, such a thing was not investigated. This is why I have chosen to pay you, because you have the right of it. Do you need me for any more question answering, or would you like me to give you the room so that you may peruse the security footage yourselves? Yeah, yeah, the uh, the room definitely sounds good at this point. You uh, looks like you definitely have a um, class three uh, ghost invasion here. It's uh, definitely a uh, speedy ghost. It gets its way around pretty quick, or you might have multiple ghosts. I don't know. We're we're gonna just check it out. Gilbert, if you could go ahead and make me a contact roll, please, and see if he buys what you're saying, because you're kind of talking in a way like you maybe are making this up. This is a two and a five of five. Five, okay. Perfect. He gives you a curt nod. Well, this is why I've called you. Uh, yeah, the room would be fine. Uh, can we get some more snacks too, please? That that would be fantastic. He has a deep sigh. You will find that the bar and the pantry to the side of the room is fully stocked. 
All right. Now, if you will excuse me, I will give you the room. Leon, you are with me. And with that, the tall man who showed you all up. Yes, sir. And he looks at all of you again. But then he does follow him, and the two of them enter into the elevator. And then you hear it start to go down. At this time, it's about 9.30 at night. So, how you want to go about this? I want to... Is his laptop still, like, in the room, or the computer or whatever still in the room? Yep, he left it sitting right there on the desk, and what it looks like, you move over to the desk, and you take a look at what it looks like is, there's a panel built right into the desk. It's like where somebody would have their notepad or their desk calendar. There's a glass facade that sits there, and it looks like there's a button that you push on the side, and that glass facade flips up, and inside of it is the screen. So it's like, basically, it's built into the desk. It's not something you would take with you. Ooh, right. But you see all kinds of different buttons. Uh, if you go, go and make a technology roll for me. Oh, yes. Please. Yes, I will. Yeah. Hey, I got three sixes this time. Ooh, okay. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, you are aware this is top of the line stuff. This is as good as it gets. This is the absolute top of the shelf in the technology store, what he's got sitting here you know that it would be able to bring up all kinds of different information and data throughout the whole building if you had the right kind of passcodes. And he seems to have left it all unlocked for you, giving you full access to the building. Hmm. Ah, oh, this is my kind of setup here, man. Man, guys, if we can get that loan, we should definitely get something like this someday. Just saying. This makes life so much easier. Oh, so we have room in the budget for your computers, but not for my fridge. I see. We don't even know how much we're actually going to get approved for, so we don't know what the budget is just yet. All right, then. And maybe if we do well with this investigation, maybe Easton Sinclair might put in a good word for us that might prompt us to get a better loan. Very true. All right, well, uh, while you guys do this, I'm going to go check out the fridge situation. Anybody want anything? Nah, it's good. I'm going to go look around, see if they have like a records room or something like that. Maybe this place was uh, built on a some old burial ground or a portal to hell or something. I don't know. All right. <laughs> it looks like on the other floor, they do have a room that has their records in it and stuff and all their bookkeeping and stuff. All right. I'm off. Have fun. Don't die. Hey, uh, uh, <laughs> call me if uh, if you need anything moved. Yeah, I, I'm not really good with all this other stuff. Do you want to come with me and move some books around, maybe? Yeah, sure. Can, can we stop at the pantry first? Yes. <laughs> awesome. Uh, <laughs> so with that, Lacey and Susie, you ladies stay in the room, and then Willie and Gilbert, you gentlemen, are leaving the room to go investigate the records room. Is this correct? Yes. Okay. Ooh. And I'll pull up security cameras so we can watch them as they go and try to follow their path. I like it. That's pretty simple. The interface Sinclair has is pretty fancy, but it's definitely something you can interface with no problem. You bring up the different security feeds right on the same screen that he showed you the security feeds that you guys are going to investigate. And yeah, you watch as your two friends get into the elevator. There are, in fact, cameras in the elevator, you notice, and you see them in the elevator just waiting and doing whatever it is. So the boys go off. Susie, Lacey, you guys are left alone in the penthouse. How do you ladies want to investigate? Let's keep going through the security cameras. 
see what's been going on, see if we get a better idea. Maybe there's multiple people on different floors acting crazy all at the same time. Maybe it's all staged. So you're the realist, not the believer? Oh, it's ghosts, but we gotta rule out that there was no funny business. Fair enough. We have to rule out the logical in order to accept the illogical. Exactly. Nice. All right. So how do you guys want to go about doing that? I think uh, right now we're focused on security cameras. At least that's what I assume we're doing. Let me see if I can look through the logs and see if I can find out what day this started. He said it's happening at like 1 a.m. in the morning. And it seems like it's consistent. So let's see if I can go further back to find out when it started. Maybe that'll help us somehow. Okay. Go ahead and roll a technology roll for me, please. Six! Oh, my goodness. I swear to God I'm not making this up. I got a six, four, five, three, and two. (laughs) No problem. No problem. You start looking through the files. And, again, the system is pretty easy to use. It's pretty top-notch. There's a lot of stuff that you would have to go through typically. But it seems to be all unlocked for you guys to be able to use, no problem. The sightings, the activity, I guess you could say, that's found on the cameras, starts about two weeks ago. And it seems to be every single night for the last two weeks at exactly one o'clock, there is a visual disturbance in the cameras of those four specific locations at the exact same time as what he showed you. Hmm. Are you seeing this, Lacey? This is insane. Yeah, it's like two weeks ago, and it's like every single night. But like, what are what what are they looking for? Right? Like, what do they want? What do the, all these rooms have in common? Hmm. Great question. People all work there, but everybody like all these jobs that where people are at, they're all very different jobs. You know, I wonder if there's any employee records of people that may have been. In all of the locations? Yeah, in all those locations that may have been badged in during that time frame. Of course, I don't know if they use badges here or not and stuff, but most companies do nowadays. But I can try to look and see. I wanted to see if I can search for employee records that shows when people were at work or badged in during the time frame that this stuff was happening. Oh, okay. Or anyone who works and goes between all four of those locations. That too. Okay. Go ahead and roll a technology roll for me, please. Two times, because you're doing a pretty in-depth search here. All right. So the first one, my highest is a six again. Wow. I love this. This is great. (laughs) And then a five. Okay. And doing a pretty deep, thorough search, you find out that there's not anybody specifically who works in all four of those areas on a regular basis. You do see that during the time span of the sightings and the weird activity on the camera, that there are a number of different security badges that go in and out of those areas, but none of them are at that time. The security badges in question, the people who go in and out of those areas, are Mr. Sinclair, someone named Leon Von Schutt, and someone named Elsie Fibbits. she good at fibbing? Maybe. Hmm. All right. So we got Easton Sinclair, and then his bodyguard, Leon, and then Elsie Fibbets. He didn't say anything about Elsie, so I don't know if we should ask him or see if we can just talk to her. Let me see if I can pull up her and play profile. Okay. 
Go and do one final technology roll for me, please. Oh, I got a six. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> I, well, I guess when you're rolling five dice, it's kind of in your favor. So Yes, that's true. That's very true. Yeah, you start to bring up her file and it comes up. She is a young lady. She'll say she is probably in her mid-20s by the look of her. She has dark kind of auburn hair and pretty in a plain kind of way. It looks like she's been working here for about a year. And she doesn't have any sort of family listed, nor emergency contacts, or anything like that. She is an accountant, and apparently she works on the 13th floor. Hmm. 13th floor. Rings true again. Maybe we ought to go to the 13th floor. Time for a little field trip downstairs. So, we cut away to the boys, and Gilbert and Willie, the two of you end up on the floor that Susie pointed out to you. The elevator opens up and you step out into the floor. There is some auxiliary lighting that is on to not be completely dark. And you guys step out onto the floor. And there are a couple of lights that come on here and there as you guys move through. Again, probably something that's going to be motion activated. You know, Willie, I really hope it's not actually ghosts. I mean, I know this is our job and everything, but I'm starting to get the creeps. Oh, really? Uh, I hope so, too, that it's not ghosts, because... Uh, is there a bathroom nearby? I think I ate, like, something bad here. <laughs> Alrighty. If you could, Willie, make me an athletics test. Can he run fast enough to not poop anything? I got a six. A six, okay. Yeah, you definitely got some rumbling downstairs. There's definitely some uh, creaking and ebbing and flowing that's going on in your stomach right now, but you are managing to kind of keep your cool to hold it in and not run off to the bathroom with some explosive diarrhea that you feel like might be brewing. As you guys are talking about this, you suddenly hear a sound nearby from somewhere within this level of the office. There is a creaking sound, something really low at first that seems to be creaking and sweeping down across the floor. There's also a dragging sound and a strange, barely inaudible moan. That's it for Inspectors Today, listener. But don't get too comfortable. Things are about to break bad real fast. Join us next week for the continuation and conclusion of Inspectors. Thank you for listening to the Game Night Heroes. This was Inspectors Part 1. Ooh, we got a call. Inspectors will conclude next week as the first game of our Horror Month 2021. Please subscribe and give us a review. It helps new listeners find us and take the journey along with you and with us. We can be found on all social media at Game Night Heroes. Please be sure to follow us for updates and for new information. We can also be found at GameNightHeroes.com. The Game Night Heroes are hosted and game mastered by Kevin Stacy. Lacey Jones was played by Colleen Alexander. Willie Make It was played by Rob Alexander. Gilbert Finnegan was played by Aaron Regner. Susie Q was played by Brittany Stone. 
Inspectors is a role-playing game created by Jared Sorensen and is published by Memento Mori Theatrics. Logo design and podcast cover art for the Game Night Heroes was created by Josh K. Music is from various artists and appears from Pixabay. This has been a presentation of the Game Night Heroes. Until next time, keep dreaming your impossible dream. And remember to stay spooky. Inspectors! Fighting the forces of darkness so you don't have to. So let's do this. Let's have one person from each group just roll a d6, just so we can determine what order we want to go ahead and do these scenes in. Four. Four for the girls? How about for the boys? Four. Ooh, okay. Five. <laughs> Five. I don't 41. know if fire is better or worse. <laughs> he rolls a 1d100, 41. <laughs> nice. <laughs>